Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast, Monday, June 11th. I'm your host, Anastasia Glova. Last week, National Review Online ran a piece by Cato's Director of Health Policy Studies, Michael Cannon, on the striking and disturbing similarities between Mitt Romney's and Hillary Clinton's approaches to health care. Neither seems a promising way to reform the U.S. health insurance system. In this podcast, Michael explains where both presidential candidates go wrong. You wrote an op-ed in NRO recently comparing Hillary Care to Romney Care. What are the similarities between Hillary's plan, the failed plan in 1994, and what Romney has put together for Massachusetts? Well, we've been comparing what we call Romney Care to Hillary Care for some time. The reason for that article was, for the first time, someone on the left, a supporter of Hillary Care, made the same comparison. Jonathan Cohn, writing in The New Republic, said that Actually, there are a lot of Democratic plans and even one Republican plan that include a component Hillary Clinton included in her plan back in 1993. And that Republican plan was Governor Romney's plan, the one he signed into law in Massachusetts. Now, what is that component? Well, what Hillary Clinton proposed and what a number of Democrats have proposed and Governor Romney put into place in Massachusetts is a government bureaucracy that tries to do the job of the market. It tries to bring the buyers and the sellers together, and it also tries to decide for the sellers what they're going to sell and what prices they're going to charge. In Massachusetts, the government was already doing that, but the bill that Governor Romney signed into law added a new layer of bureaucracy on top of what already existed. The problem with this is that markets generally do a good job of bringing buyers and sellers together. You don't need a government bureaucracy to achieve that. We don't have a government bureaucracy bringing purchasers of car insurance together with the sellers of car insurance or homeowners insurance. We have a connector that does that. It's called the internet, or more broadly, it's called the market, because buyers and sellers are able to find each other. The problem that the Romney plan tried to solve is that we have a health insurance market that's dominated by employers, by employment-based insurance. So that if you get your health plan from your employer and you really don't have the option of going someplace else, because to do so would mean you would have to pay with after-tax dollars, and that would mean you were paying twice as much for the same coverage or even less coverage. So really the problem that the Romney plan tried to solve was a problem with federal tax law and States can't solve problems with federal tax law. You need federal tax reform. So that's why we've argued that the Romney plan is actually a distraction from that very important type of reform. What has been the effect so far of Romney's health care plan? Can we glean anything about the position that he'll take on health care in the race for the presidency? The Massachusetts health reform had a lot of components. The connector, this bureaucracy that brings buyers and sellers together, was just one component. Other components were the individual mandate that's been such a thorn in the side of conservatives and libertarians because you have the government forcing people to buy a particular product. There are other components such as the plan redirected subsidies that went to hospitals who care for uninsured patients. It redirected those subsidies to help people purchase health insurance and comply with that individual mandate. So what has the effect been so far? Well, the effect has been that it's been very difficult to get people to purchase the health insurance that is required of them, because once the government got around to defining that, they defined it pretty generously. So a lot of citizens of Massachusetts have had to purchase more health insurance than they were buying before. They were very happy with the health insurance that they had. But then the government required them to go out and purchase more under its definition of a minimum benefits package. 
Still, others have argued that they are not able to afford the insurance that the state requires them to buy. So they've argued for more subsidies, and the government's had to expand the amount of subsidies that it provides to people to help them comply with that mandate, to help them purchase the required insurance. But at the same time, the government has decided that it doesn't have enough money to help everyone purchase that health insurance. So the state has effectively written off one-fifth of the uninsured in Massachusetts. Whereas Governor Romney had promised that they were going to cover 100% of the uninsured in Massachusetts, they're not going to achieve universal coverage, and everyone has abandoned that goal. So really, the effect of Romney Care has been to increase bureaucracy at the state level, increase spending at the state level and at the federal level, and to increase taxes on the residents of Massachusetts and nationwide, but not even achieve its primary goal, which was to cover the uninsured. Can you be a little bit more clear about your objection to individual mandates? Well, as Michael Tanner pointed out in a paper that he wrote for the Cato Institute, there are a lot of problems with individual mandate for health insurance. One of them is, for the first time, it puts the government in a position of forcing citizens to purchase a particular product just because they live within that state's borders. That's really an unprecedented expansion of government power. Another problem with an individual mandate is that it doesn't achieve what its proponents want it to achieve. It does not achieve universal coverage. We have in a number of states mandates, an individual mandate for car insurance, and yet there are as many drivers without auto insurance as there are individuals without health insurance. So if an individual mandate doesn't work for car insurance, why would we expect it to work for health insurance? And a problem with individual mandates that's specific to the Romney plan and a number of other plans that have been proposed is that they want to help people comply with this mandate by diverting funds that currently go to hospitals, which provide uncompensated care to uninsured individuals. If you come into the emergency room, the hospital treats you. If you can't pay for it, the government ends up paying the hospital. These plans tie an individual mandate to the diversion of those funds from the hospitals to subsidies to help people comply with the mandate. The problem there is if the mandate doesn't cover everyone, and we know that it won't, then those people will still be showing up in the emergency room. They will still be getting that uncompensated care. They will still not be paying for it. And those hospitals, those very powerful political constituencies are going to demand the same subsidies that they received before, but that had now been diverted and so instead of just diverting those government subsidies from one group to another, we're going to be creating entirely new government subsidies. We're going to be replacing the old ones and we'll have created a new category of government spending. There are a lot of people out there saying that health insurance markets just aren't working out. You don't think we should get away from healthcare markets towards a single payer system? There's a lot of criticism of private markets in the United States, and that criticism is valid. The problem is private health insurance markets don't work well because they've been so badly hampered by government intrusion. Look at your car insurance and compare that to your health insurance. If your car insurance company isn't performing as well as you'd like them to, you have the ability to fire them. You have the ability to switch from Progressive to Geico or to Travelers or to State Farm. Do you have that sort of choice with your health insurance? No, you don't. And so should it surprise you that health insurance is not as responsive to individual consumers? Another problem with private health insurance markets is that consumers are required to buy a lot of coverage that they don't want or need. Every state in the union requires consumers to purchase something like 38 different types of health insurance. This can include coverage for alcoholism, even if you're a teetotaler. It can include coverage for contraception and in vitro fertilization, even if, say, you're a practicing Catholic and you find those things morally objectionable. 
States require people to buy coverage for acupuncturists, chiropractors, podiatrists. All these mandates drive up the cost of health insurance, make health insurance less affordable, and that's a large part of why we have so many uninsured Americans. Has any candidate put forth a plan that you approve of? What's been a pleasant surprise is that Rudy Giuliani is saying a lot of sensible things about how to reform health care. For example, he's endorsed the idea of leveling the playing field between employment-sponsored insurance and individually purchased insurance so that it'll be easier for people to purchase coverage that doesn't disappear when they lose their job, coverage that meets their needs rather than their employer's needs. And a lot of Americans would be better off with less health coverage and more cash income. And Giuliani's approach would appear to give them that choice. So that's been one encouraging sign in the current presidential race. Thank you, Michael. If you like what you hear and would like to learn more about Cato, please visit our website, www.cato.org. And as always, thank you for listening.